0: Hi I'm Kate. And I'm Mandy. And this is Love Sober, the podcast for the sober and sober curious. Hi and welcome back to Love Sober, the podcast for the sober and sober curious. And today it's me Kate and I'm absolutely delighted to welcome a dear friend, Trine. And now Trine and I met on Soberistas way back when, didn't we? we did way back in 2016 yeah 2016 and you know absolutely formative uh foundational shall i say in me returning to sobriety and so super supportive and so kind i will never ever forget your kindness i can't believe it's taken so long for us to meet up and do this and have a chat (laughs) and and the sort of focus of today because I've always referred to you as Nana Tree, so in my head. But you're not, you're Tree, okay. and yeah, you're Tree. There's,
1: there's a story behind that. That's, um, you know, Nana Tree became somebody that was that, that meant something to people. Um, I, I was just very excited to be a Nana because I was never a mother, mm. and so I was very fortunate to become Nana two three wonderful grandchildren and so the nana title entitlement was um was a great thrill for me and when i needed to very quickly make a name you know a, a what do you call it name
0: the kind of because, handle is yeah, it it's that site,
1: thing, yeah first thing that came into my mind was nana Tree, um because that's what the kids call me and it, it i didn't realize it was going to mean something to people mm
0: yeah totally and it's interesting because this is what we're going to dive into today one of the reasons to have the chat and we were talking about different life stages different life cycles that definitely I was in and you were in when we met on soberistas and this and more and more lately this I've been interested in talking to to women who are older um, and who have got sober older and there is stuff on our community people have been asking you know Um, and there does seem to be that still that gap you know we've you know the whole the mum market there's lots and lots of stuff for for sort of uh, you know we've got Sober Girls Society for the young ones we've got Club Soda out and about we've got our focus at Love Sober was very very much on on the sort of the motherhood and carer piece yeah and and more and more I'm aware that yeah it feels like there's still a gap there's still underrepresented voices gaps in the conversation questions for people who get sober older and so I wanted to dive into that with you that's that's fine yeah first before we do that before we dive in just so that you know anyone listening in you know we always start with a check-in so how are you doing today Trine
1: I'm doing very well today I woke up looking forward to this conversation with you
0: um I'm, I'm doing very well indeed can you just tell us a bit to start off with about your journey to becoming alcohol free
1: okay um well I I used to think that it was like a few years but actually it was a lot of years that I knew that I was going to have to stop drinking and actually just stop stop not moderate or no, I wasn't a grey area drinker. It wasn't. It wasn't like that. Um, and I thought it was a two years sort of thing. Then I stopped. But actually, I found a letter I wrote to myself while I was moving, and I wrote it in 1997. So 19 years before I stopped. Right. And the last paragraph was the of the letter was, I think I'm just going to have to do it cold turkey because um, the there's no other way for me it'll you know i i can't moderate i've tried that um i've given up for a week at a time and i've tried that and i've been so proud of myself i've celebrated with a drink you know Mm. well you would i mean (laughs) a whole week (laughs) um and so it took me another 19 years and surgery for um uh, breast cancer which was was a pre cancerous condition unfortunately um it wasn't malignant but it was it would have been mm. um and that and i didn't that didn't stop me you know nothing was going to stop me because life was going to be unhappily ever after if i stopped drinking there was nothing else there, there didn't i had no idea that there was a life beyond it. and coming up to 60 Um, and I was coming into what I called the last trimester of my life. Mm. I had to have trimesters because all you women who have babies have trimesters. So I had to have some as well. And (laughs) and so I thought, right, this is, you know, the the length of time I have left on the planet is now shorter than the length of time that I've been on the planet. And I'm, this is a good opportunity. This is the time to go sober, see how it goes, but put everything I've got into it. You know, do it fully, wholly, Mm. commit to us.
0: And so what age were you when you went sober?
1: I I was 59, just approaching my 60th Mm. birthday.
0: Yeah. And you feel like something about that rite of passage as a woman around that time prompted that reflection? What was it that really... um, (laughs) It was actually, it was a Buddhist encounter. Um, My brother was staying in
1: our house with his wife and her daughter from thailand and these women didn't drink and these women floated they literally floated around the house you know um they they were serene
0: Mm.
1: and i was very self-conscious about my drinking while they were here and i was so self-conscious about it that i drank more yeah you know and earlier um and they went upstairs early in the evening with their iPads to watch television in Thailand, you know. Um, wonderful world of technology that we can do, things like that. And, uh, and I kind of was glad they'd gone because, you know, their presence meant that I I was more aware of my drinking. And it was it was that week that they were here that I decided this is it, it's got to stop. It's I'm I'm not enjoying this anymore. Yeah. I was actually hating picking up the bottle and pouring it. I was actually feeling like I was compelled to do that. Mm. I had to do it, but it wasn't something that I wanted to do anymore.
0: Yeah, it sounds like um, you were given an opportunity that there were some positive role models around. (laughs) Yes, yes.
1: Although I didn't realise that at the time I'd I'd been a member of Soberistas for a while before i gathered all that together yeah the the realization that that actually had a, an impact i must tell my brother by the way because i never mentioned it. he'd be delighted to hear what a what a good influence he's been on me <laughs>
0: yeah yeah you can admit that it's like with brothers no. it's like yeah i'm not going to give you that one <laughs> and i always been a bad influence you know brothers are, <laughs> brothers are definitely bad influences yeah and so, yeah, that's interesting, isn't it, that you say that um, you were on soberistas for a while and it took a while to sort of put the nuts and bolts and yeah. together. Yeah. What would mm-hmm. you say you needed to put together in order to give it a proper go?
1: Oh, um, I already when I joined soberistas, I'd already not been drinking for a couple of weeks and I, oh. I didn't drink again. Um, what I needed I don't know and that's what one of the thing that keeps me sober is that I don't know um but I don't know if I've got another recovery in me yeah you know I don't know if that magic would happen again it's like the day you wake up and you realize I'm actually going to go on the day to you know and it happens and you do it and, and you lose the weight or whatever um you don't really all right sorry I don't really know what what the trigger was yeah yeah but when it comes it comes and um so no I I would be very much afraid that if I drank again now I I would be back to where I was
0: yeah yeah that really resonates with me because you know when we properly met on soberistas I was coming back for a touch wood you know please god and goddess it's my last it was my last day one and I like I said I always remember your your kindness on the you know WCA3CW as well um and it it was something that I didn't talk about for ages because I didn't ever want to um you know badmouth sober communities but I was having a bit of bullying (laughs) from just one person and it's never happened again and Mm -hmm. I remember that just a few people reached out to me and just said we've got you and you were one of those one of those people um and I really resonate with you because I felt like it was I think I wrote about you know just being in the ring with Mike Tyson that that's what alcohol felt like to me and I just didn't I didn't know if the, there was ever going to be another opportunity that I could go through that again it was like I, I can't I can't I literally can't physically pick myself up this time so that really resonates with me and I guess that's that sort of personal rock bottom whatever it looks like for the individual or the personal epiphany whatever could be the high point could be the low point I don't know they're all the same to me you know you see
1: people on the 100 day challenge thread on so baristas, I was there for a long time I, I was on that thread every day and you see people coming back the next day after they've given in the night before and, and opened a bottle of wine um and they come back the next day I wouldn't I, I mean if i if i if i caved in like that then i would make it worth my while you know yeah. I, I can't see myself coming back the next morning and sort of you know it would take me a while to to admit it yeah you know to admit that that had happened because it's so important to me yeah it really is so important to me that um you know that apart from the physical health and everything else it, it, it it's it's my soul
0: you yeah. know and I know that I know that you're very spiritual I mean we've talked about this in the past you know the in fact one of the people I think that you really love this is a slight diversion but uh John Donoghue is it? John Donoghue yeah yeah I'm reading one of his books at the moment I can remember you putting some quote oh. on and he's beautiful and Ankara I think I'm reading at the moment. Ankara
1: beautiful he's book.
0: such a beautiful book
1: and you can if you if you um looking up on youtube um but whatever google or whatever you can find you can hear him speak Mm. you can hear him read from from or or give talks there's a lovely interview with him with Krista Tippett on on being do you know on being on being is a lovely lovely place full of beautiful things (laughs) nourishing soul nourishing things um and she did a wonderful interview with um donna donahue called the inner landscape of beauty oh yes i mean you know don't you wish you'd written that
0: yeah and i just feel like that's such a lovely metaphor you know when you've got to do that early muscle power haven't you of sobriety where you have to get through get through make it a habit make it a habit feels like oh god will this ever not but actually that inner landscape of beauty like you said sobriety for you is like your soul you know this is what it yeah it opens the door like alcohol
1: kind of takes a grip on your soul and, and squeezes and squeezes and, and, and saps all that and I, I think that we have in common that as young as children we we had a spiritual side to our lives and uh, religion uh organized religion sort of destroyed that for me yeah a, a bit a, a more so more and more so as i grow older but i discovered when i was sober that I could still touch into the spirituality. Mm. That the spirituality didn't require any attachment. In fact, it, attachment was the last thing it requires yeah. to any particular specific religion. Um, and, and in fact, it did, it, allowed, it needed the freedom to just express itself. Yeah. And 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 it's wonderful. It's it's very freeing. Um, I can get really boring about it. <laughs> <So can> I. <laughs> I
0: was gonna say you know one of the questions that we we do ask guests is that you know what have been your greatest areas of personal growth since becoming sober so you know fill your boots tell us about it well
1: um liking things again being being uh, being happy and so the spiritual side of things is, is um, meeting people on so there was a lot of people i did what sue used to tell us to do i glued myself to the site. i was there all the time i read everything and there was so much wisdom there was so much wisdom being flowing through there yeah. just in the oddest little comments you were finding it and you know the way when you read um when you, you find yourself interested in a subject suddenly you're finding more and more material you know tara brack recommends recommends dick mm-hmm. knock on you know and, and there's lovely people and so is sharing people who mean something to them and all of that i had time i had loads of time and i read and i listened to podcasts and um And I just I started smiling, and I started smiling at people in the street. And sometimes they gave you a smile back. You know, Dolly Parton says, "If I see somebody without a smile, I like to give them mine." Oh, I love her so much. (laughs) She's just so such a spirit. We love Dolly. We love Dolly. We're Dolly's girls. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I and talking to people, and actually things that I dismissed as sentimental claptrap in the past, you know. Oh yeah, she doesn't really mean that. She's only saying that, you know, like if somebody said something nice to me, they had an angle. Yeah. They had an agenda, you know, and suddenly realized, no, they didn't. That was my mind. That was the poison. Mm. The toxic poison in my mind of the alcohol that told me that. That and well, not just in my mind, because your mind is made up of all of the experiences that you've had in your life. Mm. And so I've known some very toxic people and you know and and mainly to do with alcohol and people who didn't trust or believe in anything and suddenly there it is you know there's people like john o'donoghue saying believe it it's true there's a lot of love out there tons of you know grasp it get hold of it Um, yeah Mm, that's that's my biggest area of growth is trusting myself now as well Mm
0: yeah 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 it's because I, I think when I studied the science of happiness and that was back back around that time yes. I knew that there was something in that that I needed that, that I needed it was and I remember one of the particular lectures about um that the idea was that we are you know we're pro-social primates basically we're supposed to wire together, fire together, be together, connect with each other and I realised that I had just one morning I watched this lecture and then I went off into town just it was like a normal pedestrian kind of day I just had to go and get some I don't know why to get some bread or something and I realised that I had been looking through this filter that was a bit Machiavellian. I had assumed that people were just bastards. and Look what we're doing. And we were, yeah, it was that cynicism and disconnection and, dis, and mistrust mm. of the human race and, there, and myself as part of that. There's this, mm. And I'd been behind a filter of that, I think. And it's like it fell away. And when I went into town, I literally saw someone helping an older person across the road. I saw a mother holding out her hand to a child. I saw someone giving someone their parking ticket. It was like everything that I'd never seen before, or had these scales in front of my eyes had gone, and I saw connection <coughs> everywhere. It was literally like waking up, and it was just yeah, just going to get bread in the morning, and I and I saw all that, and it, it literally was a you know it was one of those paradigm shifts, fundamental shifts, which sounds yeah. a bit similar to what you're saying you um, connect again like you plug in again right like. i cried in
1: next oh. <laughs> i i went to next but there was a server meet up in um london would run by cop it was Cop and, and oh, um yeah and i i decided to go but i was so so nervous so terribly nervous um and i went to next to get something to wear and um, this lovely young girl came up to me, a staff, a member of staff, and she said, are you going somewhere special? And I just burst into tears. I I said, yes, I'm going somewhere really special. (laughs) She put her arms around me. I mean, that was pre-COVID, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you you couldn't sort of get up close and personal. But I I, I wrote a blog about it. It was just such a, a real moment, you know. This this girl obviously recognized mm. that, that this was, you know, this was deep emotion. And it was a beautiful, beautiful experience. And um yeah, all those sort of like you talk you talk about sort of what happened to you in the high street, you know, mm. they, they build on each other, they layer, they layer up and, and you suddenly realize that no, people have not all people have an angle. Yeah. No, not all people are driven. So yeah. they and if
0: they do then that's their stuff i think the yeah. other thing about that connection is that boundary piece is that actually then you're going well i'm connected with me too so i don't need to be you know connecting in unhealthy ways with people who have angles because you're like well yeah. okay that's your angle then Yeah. enjoy your angle yeah. <laughs> namaste <laughs> The theory, I piss off, i'm busy no, I'm oh sorry <laughs> no, it's, not. it's not the bbc uh, is it no not yet not yet. Uh, so what would you say um you know what are the challenges and the gifts would you say of getting sober in that stage in this stage of life so 59 going into 60
1: challenges mm. um trusting and trusting and trusting in it um for long enough to to make it work um trusting that it's worth doing yeah because you do get to a stage in your life and you're going to get there and all everyone's going to get there is that you don't know how long you've got left you know in this incarnation on this planet I wouldn't have been talking like that six years ago by the way <laughs> but this in this incarnation because you're going to reincarnate over and over and over again you know I, I think that you and i met in the previous incarnation and i might even have been your mother or you might have been mine but you know it's very possible for me that that's true but
0: it's mm, definitely you know, there's a connect big connection yeah yeah there's, there's a, saying, a yeah, big yeah, connection
1: yeah. and, and yeah. Uh, recognition mm. So now I've gone off. I've spun off now.
0: (laughs) Oh, sorry. Um, You say that we'll all get to that point. We've all get to the stage where you
1: don't know how much time you've got
0: left. Yeah. And
1: um, I took the view that it was worth trying to live the rest of it sober. I'd had a good old go at living the rest of it. The previous lot of it drunk from sixteen until sixty. Let's face it. it, was a lot of alcohol. Yeah. Um. And, you know, my physical health was starting to fail a bit and it was worth, I decided it was going to be an adventure, you know, Um, that this part of my life was, I wasn't going to end up sitting in a corner somewhere in an armchair um, with a blanket around me, although I love that, (laughs) I love doing that, but, you know, that wasn't going to be sort of my destiny to wait out death. Mm. Uh, you know this this part of my life, the last trimester of my life, I'm going to be full, yeah. as full as I could make it, given whatever physical sort of issues arise with my physical body. You yeah. so. know, Ramdas calls it his um, his spacesuit, the spacesuit that he needs to needed yeah. late Ramdas to breathe on this planet. Mm-hmm. And um, he said his was a nineteen forties model, mine was a mid fifties model is rather a mid-50s model so it starts to deteriorate you know it doesn't have all the modern sort of gizmos and you know um uh what do you call it that diagnostics remote diagnostics and all that it doesn't have all that uh, mm-hmm. so it's starting to deteriorate mm-hmm. it's, I, I love it i love it to bits this is my body this is what's carrying me through this part and this is what will carry me through for the rest of it um so i'm I want to live it. I want to live this last trimester of my life to the full.
0: Yeah, and I love that flip because I know that, you know, there is part of that when we're approaching the end of our relationship with alcohol and building a new relationship with sobriety, it doesn't necessarily feel worth it. It feels like, oh, God, that's something I might have to do, but I can't imagine life without it and I love what you said about reframing it as a you know an adventure adventure. and you know not this kind of you know really that mindset is so important to not feel like it's that I'm giving something up and that was no and is it going to be worth it yeah and what is you know so so yeah yeah.
1: I have long enough left to make it worth Mm. my while to be miserable because it really did at the beginning think I think I thought it was going to be unhappily ever after and that, that I did have to put that mindset in place and it doesn't just slip into place it doesn't just click in and you have to you have to encourage it and nurture it yeah you know prioritize uh, it you know the, the first week I woke up one morning and didn't want to lift my head off the pillow because I was fed up with the same old same old groggy head thumping headache maybe or but just general unwellness and then, and, I, and then
0: I remembered I wasn't drinking. And I jumped <laughs> out of bed. That's really funny. You were like, oh, this bloody I, hangover. And then you were like, hang on a minute, I don't have a hangover. I laughed out loud. I was like <laughs> Well, this is wonderful. I
1: don't actually have to be afraid to lift my head off the pillow. It's going to be okay. Yeah. Okay. And and that that was those things, things like that. If you could, if you could just sort of recognize them the power of the pause you know tara and the pause yeah the power of the pause your know, pause recognize that was a little moment of wow mm-hmm. hey you know this is worth it <laughs> this is worth it already it's only the first week um and and then letting those those things layer up build up to being um,
0: what advice would you give to somebody who is considering and, and worried about I'd say you know getting sober later on
1: go for it but go for it, it with positivity um and if, if your days are on if you're retired you, you do have time you know uh you've time to pursue hobbies and things that you always said you would you know through your life you say oh well whenever I get the time I, I will do that um so pursue it as a as a new hobby as a new way of life um and that will allow you to explore other possibilities and things like that i mean you know how scary it is to travel abroad and you, when you're drunk you're drinking you know you're in, you're in a foreign land you don't even know language you don't know the currency. yeah that's a bit from paul simon by the way i didn't quite you know, hear you no language you. holds no currency <laughs> he's a farm boy he is surrounded by sounds you know from Graceland <laughs> and and there you are you're waking up with hangover. you don't even know where you are you could get completely lost whatever. but when you're sober you can go anywhere you like um and and be sure that you've got your own best interests at heart and you look after yourself and you won't wake up in the wrong bed and you won't wake up in a part of town that you don't know you know yeah so it's an yeah. adventure Just to think of it as an adventure the other thing is you know who wants to be the drunken granny really mm. you know going to family weddings and sitting in the corner and the young people bringing you drinks and <laughs> no. no 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 that's not me <laughs>
0: yeah as long as I feel like it's I know that when I Stop. There was that that narrative of right, I've done it for quite a long time. I was done. But there was also, I don't know what I was going to say now. I've forgotten what I was going to say. I have that effect on people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know what it was. It was something about it felt like I was given a second chance. Like I really felt like I'd been. Well, it reminded me of what you said about look, I know what that looks like. I don't know what this looks like. Um there was a, a definitely a lot of fear around it because it was like, well, it wasn't just a, a, a plain old choice. There was actually, you know, emotional reasons why, you know, why I had been using it. So it was like, okay, I'm going to have to have a look at those things. um And I was scared. I was kind of scared about what I might find. I think I was. Scared. Did you have any? Um...
1: Any clue as to
0: what you might find? I think that, well, for me, that big, big shift was that, you know, the Tara Brack, the reign of self-compassion When my lowest point, I was able to make contact with myself. So that moment of connection with me was that, okay, there was some kind of, you know, there had been a disconnection, there had been a trauma. And no matter what I was doing, I just didn't know how to connect with that. I didn't know how to connect with myself. Um, you know, and I didn't want I knew that I didn't want to do therapy again. It's like oh, I wonder I have to sit around fucking talking about this again. Like I've done that. so there was some there was some process that I I needed to really connect with love, with that self-compassion and that healing with myself. but I had no idea how how to do that. So that was very frightening. It was like oh, I don't know what I'm doing then.
1: See, Ecorn taught me that i could proceed without knowing the demons you know without actually seeing them because in fact some of it could could well be sort of um genetic inheritance and it might even be your great grandmother's pain that came through your mother's womb her mother's womb um through to you it may even be a genetic inheritance of some or it may be the the pain of um like in my case maybe of the irish and the famine and um it, it may not even be personal pain necessarily of yeah, course so don't
0: well. we're taught very much that we have to go kind of digging and fixing aren't we yeah. and part of that is perpetuating yeah. that it's almost like we're a, i love what you said we're allowed to. what did he say say that again that we're <laughs> allowed to proceed without knowing the demons without
1: without knowing the demons we but, um none of us have got to Sixty without there being trauma. <clears throat> yeah. Excuse sure. me. Everybody, everybody experiences trauma. As the Buddha says, life is suffering. Mm. You know, just by, just by virtue of the fact that all things must pass, mm. and so we we lose loved ones. We have to move on with our lives and get on. In a new situation, we have to adapt and, and all the time and adapt and change. So, so life is is uncertain and, and life. So we're going to have traumas. Mm. It does knowing about them, does knowing the exact ones actually help? You know, in fact, does it maybe even make it harder to move on from them? If, you know, you sort of this is my story. And Eckhart Tolle says, let go of the story. And I think Pema Pema Chodron does say that too. As, you know, just let go of the story. The story of oh, poor me. You know, well, this, this is my story. This is what. So, what's your story? You know. <laughs> and let's share stories, I and mean, yeah. sharing our stories is not getting us any further along the road to what we actually want. Although,
0: interestingly, I love that, and I think that that is where the healing, yeah, when we get to that point where we can let go of the stories. But I definitely think one of the, the powers of the Sober Forum is that it's well, who is it who says, um, shame dies when stories are told in safe places? So we get. We're able to tell it and then witness it, then let it go.
1: So. And, and we do need you do need that safe place. I mean, yeah. you know, it, it, the one of the challenges that you asked about challenges, and I kind of sort of went over that one. But you know, one of the challenges is being able to talk about it yeah. um, and and not being um, judged or not people not yawning at you. <laughs> you know. <clears throat> Because with the best will in the world, they don't want to hear it. If they're drinking themselves and they're enjoying their drink, they're really the last thing they want, they want to hear is hear a story about not drinking. Um, and so having a safe place to have that conversation. But, you know, try telling people that you found spirituality. I mean, you know, <laughs> I think you use the tumbleweed expression, don't you? <laughs> it's like people just wander away from you. They back off quick when you start. So you need to find a, a, a tribe that, a tribe of people that you can discuss that with as well
0: yeah, for sure. and where
1: you feel safe to to be free in in your um in your spirituality yeah. yeah um yeah. you know in all of yourself actually in, in everything that makes you up you know the, yeah
0: i know there's something that i feel quite strongly at the moment and so what am i i'm 52 now i'll be 53 this year and i'm Going through the menopause, yeah. T- tell people you're menopausal, they back off as well. <laughs> Don't go but, um, there. Barbara yeah. Bombeck
1: wrote a book called "I Lost It All to the Menopause."
0: <laughs> <laughs> Feels like that sometimes, jeez. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, I I feel very much. I think it's part of the, one of the, the the layers and the life cycles. Maybe is that I do feel like I. I the, the words unmasking come quite a lot to me and I think I'm quite interested in very interested in neurodiversity and realizing that in my family and genealogy whatever um genetics and yeah that's sort of the people pleasing the fitting in the shoehorning ourselves and I think there's a certain amount of unmasking that goes on when you get sober it's like well I'm just not going to i don't have to do that anymore so that's brilliant and i do feel like that at the moment i keep feeling like i it's such a relief you know if i just go okay i'm gonna allow myself to be as weird as i i am (laughs) it's quite a nice sort of um a quite a relief i don't know yeah yeah, totally. Yeah. totally we're all weird you know don't stop being weird no we're just wonderful yeah, we're, we're just wonderful you know
1: one of the great things about being an elder and I must have, even when I was a drinker yeah. <clears throat> one of my ambitions was to be eccentric in my own <laughs> years you know <laughs> i really love to care you know I, yeah there's that lovely poem and I can't
0: I, when I'm I, when I'm old I'm gonna wear a purple hat is that that's it the,
1: I'll wear purple and,
0: yeah you know, that's it yeah
1: yeah whatever I like you know <laughs> But you do you do conform to certain norms of society because we because that's how we connect with each other. Yeah, exactly. That's how we don't go to war with each other. I mean, it's yeah. sociological, it, it, you know, we we generally speaking, we don't go to war with each other. You know, yeah. now, unfortunately, we have a situation at the moment where there's an ego, such a huge ego in control and, and, in, and in such a position of power. We, that's why we all have to wake up. That's why we all have to sober up. Yeah. Yeah. Because we did, did, did we could actually end up destroying the, the life force that actually keeps us keeps us taking over. But generally speaking, most of the time we
0: all get along. Yeah. We really survive. Well. We because we, yeah, because of our pro-social and our working together and our abilities to connect, we've survived. Yeah. And well, I didn't realise that. I always thought, oh well, it was survival of the fittest. Well, being fittest means that we are open to connection in my book yes adaptable and
1: yeah yeah and so in order to connect sometimes you do have to yeah. kind of conform to other people's um norms and and
0: yeah
1: and, and how it you know like you you know you don't go into church and and start sort of playing your garage or grunge music or whatever it's not, <laughs> not done. you
0: don't do that in the church you know. should do that and tell me more about, you know, I love the fact that you refer to yourself as being an elder. Tell me what you love about being a sober elder.
1: Okay. Um, I think it, I'm, I'm not sure who this was now. I always have to try and sort of go to the source. I think it was Parker Palmer, um, but it may have been anybody else who talked about what, as older people, what we have to offer, sort of thing, or what what our duties are mm. towards um and and it's to witness to witness the younger generation to to witness them to um listen and not necessarily advise or fix or try to fix or anything else, but be an elder that they will they feel comfortable to come to, to approach and to be themselves around and whatever that, that, that you know. There's only two mammals. I'm getting carried away now. There's only two mammals on the planet that go through menopause. There's us and the whale. Really? Yeah, that's it. Other animals don't go through menopause. They continue to reproduce. But we um, are are designed, if if you like, to continue to nurture future generations of our children, our children and our grandchildren, and, and whales do that, whales travel in pods and, and female whales look after their daughters and their granddaughters, and, you know, and the sons as well, obviously. Don't leave them out. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so it's a sort of, it's an elderly, elderly thing that you don't deny what you know, don't deny the lines on your face, don't deny the grey hair, because that's all part of this stage of life. This is a life stage of being an elder and um you haven't you, you've sort of grown in experience you've experienced all this stuff you have to stand aside and let them get on with it yeah but stand aside firmly and that you know you're there you're, you're witnessing yeah? yeah one of the things that I wrote in a blog that you particularly loved and I'm going to read it if you don't mind I'd love you to it's from Parker Palmer mm-hmm. and it's The human soul doesn't want to be advised or fixed or saved. It simply wants to be witnessed, to be seen, heard and companioned, exactly as it is. When we make this kind of deep bow to the soul of a suffering person, our respect reinforces that soul's healing resources. The only resources that can help the sufferer make it through.
0: Mm, i love that i remember that quote so clearly
1: that's where i recognized you and you recognized maybe through that quote
0: yeah yeah that's so beautiful because
1: because my little book full of quotes
0: Mm.
1: is um it's not random it's they're they're chosen they're 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 things that spoke to 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 my soul in me and it's like so by by making that deep bow of witnessing being there, experiencing the other person's suffering reinforces their soul's ability.
0: Yeah. To heal.
1: To heal. And um, that that's what an elder does.
0: It's beautiful. It's like holding yeah. sacred space, isn't it? Firm, it's like being a firm stick in the sand. Yeah. Uh, that the
1: life stages of the childhood life stage, the learning life stage, and then the out there. Yeah. You know making it working making a living creating a home and everything else and then the third life stage of backing off of that So you know, there's there's a role for you there as well yeah. um, a worthwhile important role to look forward to yeah
0: yeah oh, I love
1: to that. store up the challenges that you have faced and overcome in your life which are there to teach you a lesson and all those lessons that you've already learned by the time you get to the stage of being an elder yeah you've got all of that life experience there within you don't numb it out don't numb it out don't don't, Don't numb numb it out no No, it's it's invaluable it's it's precious it's it's more precious than any gold or diamonds or anything else it's a precious resource
0: yeah i I, I love i love what you said that and it's so important you know there's that It feels like that time of, you know, we have to be wise and see the, the messages that society, you know, and advertising give us, you know, in terms of that. And re almost like that, reclaim that space, you know, reclaim it. And what I love about, I think, about the online world is I do think you know in social media people you know has lots of bad gets bad press from so much but it gives people voices and enables them to connect and I think it gives diverse voices generally I know some people don't have access to the internet but people heard more than sorry say again which is a terrible shame
1: yeah yeah it's, it's sad that, that more people don't have access to the internet
0: yeah and they can agree with you about yeah and so you can hear more more diverse voices you can find each other and I know and I you know really would love that I don't know if there is anything out there I would love there to be courses out there for um elderly people to help them be really tech savvy and you know to be able to connect and use that as part of that connectivity and feeling like they can contribute as well like because I want to hear more voices I want to hear more we need to we need ways to hear more voices from the from elderly I, I believe
1: you will now because yeah. we're we're the elderly you know we're the Rolling Stones generation yeah yeah that's who we are you know <laughs> I go into shops and look at clothes that are apparently for my age group you know I said did these people not realize that I saw the Rolling Stones live you know that i bopped in the aisles to the rolling stones i mean what what do they think i'm going to wear this for you know or where would i wear it you you don't suddenly sort of turn a corner and and become a different sort of soul you're still who you are
0: and i do think that narrative's changing i really do so So i mean i was i was amongst the people who learned how to use the word processor
1: for the first time before it was a computer, before it was attached to the internet, it was called a wang, yeah, mm-hmm. and it was a word processor, so, you, you know, you didn't have this type of typing with banging down the keys or whatever, you, you it was a light touch, and I got faster and faster because of the light touch, of it. Um, and the word processor was, was life-changing, mm-hmm. absolutely life-changing, but it sped up an awful lot since then, and in my lifetime, you know, there aren't such thing as typists anymore, You know so the the more our voices will be heard more because there's more of us we're we're coming through our generation is coming through
0: yeah 100 percent Trine, so thank you so much for speaking um it's just been a joy it really has i hope it it was what you wanted oh it's so what i so what i wanted i just love it i love your wisdom and i love your compassion and your sense of humor um and it, I just feel yeah privileged to have spent some time with you today and to know you you know um we always finish with your tip of the day and your reason to love sober I mean I feel like we've we've uh, we've covered quite a lot of that but
1: oh, yeah but I did you rehearse
0: that <laughs> you did rehearse it um tip of the day,
1: you know, you know, that my tip of the day is never question the decision. Oh, right? so never, never question. The never question. Back to
0: basics. right?
1: and twin money. Mommy, that was that was her. It was um, you've made the decision. It's a difficult decision to make. You didn't make it lightly. You know, it wasn't like, uh, will I have the pink one or the blue one? You know, no. I, I, yeah, It it was a big decision. So once you've made the decision, never question it. And it actually applies to other areas of your life as well move on make the decision and move on um don't ever give up giving up you know i know i know people in soberistas who've been there since i've been there and they've had multitude of day ones yeah but they're still there and they're still working it yeah it's great you know just don't ever give up giving up and develop patience develop patience is not actually a virtue that you're just born with or anything Patience is something you can actually
0: work on. Yeah, muscle, muscle power, right? yeah. 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 And what's and your reason to love sober?
1: The universe needs us to be sober. <laughs> I
0: love that. it's like there's not like, oh well, you know, I don't have a hangover. It's like the universe needs us to be and sober. It, no, it really
1: does. Right now, right now, the universe needs us to wake up. And the more of us, the merrier yeah. to wake up and sober up. And and you know take control climate crisis all of all of the various things covid imagine going through covid and and being drinking
0: huh no imagine that
1: whole time of in lockdown locked down and oh miserable yeah Mm. yeah so that's my reason to love The the
0: universe i love being here i love talking to you i love life yeah thank you so much so if you're immediately concerned about your drinking just reach out send up a flare find a group that you vibe with there's so many groups out there now and like we were talking we met on so Baristas, who i was uh, referred to as the mothership um so she, yeah. she recovers who are an amazing so many send up flair to me amanda in um, hello at log sober as well and we'll just stay safe everyone we'll see you next week for more chat